Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Club. This is the place everyday real estate investors gather to share their best stories, biggest insights, and favorite tactics to grow a portfolio of cash-flowing properties in today's market. Here's your host, Gabe Peterson. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today we have Chuck Bonyavani here. Nailed that last name. Nailed it. Chuck is from uh, Majestic Residences. He is here to talk to us about a niche that we don't often have on this podcast, so I'm super excited. Um, residential assisted living. Well, Chuck, thank you very much for hopping on the podcast. Gabe, thanks for the invite. All right. I told you before we got on here, we like starting with stories or we like to hear people's stories. So why don't you Take us back to the beginning of your story. How did you get into uh, assisted living? So back in the back in the days when the dinosaurs kind of rocked walked <laughs> the earth. No, probably about uh, thirty something years ago. Um, I was I graduated as a social worker, and I was helping families find um, assisted living. And so what happened was that that became a business model for me. Um. And I started helping families, you know, kind of like a real estate agent. You know, I, I would introduce families to different residential assisted livings and big assisted living places. And after doing that for a little over a decade, I decided to franchise that. And that franchise became the largest franchise in the space and still is um, for um, senior placement or kind of like, like again, like a real estate agent. Um, and then in 2020, in the middle of the pandemic, when everyone else was panicking, uh, I saw an opportunity, and that was franchising the residential uh, assisted living space. Uh, so we sold our first franchise in 2021 and brings us to where we are today. Perfect, man. I love it. So you got started as a social worker in the, you know, in the trenches, as they say, and then you went up um, to make your own franchise. That's, uh, that's really exciting. Yeah, social workers don't make enough money, so I had to do something. <laughs> <laughs> so I hear, and that's a that's a shame. They should definitely be paid more. Um, all right. So, I mean, we talked a little bit before we hopped on here about your model, and it really is uh, intriguing to me. So why don't you kind of explain what you guys do at um, Majestic Residences and and just kind of how the, how the model works? Sure. Well, a residential assisted living home is you know pretty much what it sounds like. It's a assisted living facility in a residential neighborhood. So depending on the state, we can have six residents to 16 uh, per home. So again, these are homes just, I mean, you probably have one next door to you, <laughs> not specific, but I can tell you that any one of your listeners definitely has one within a mile of them. There's over 30,000 of them across the nation. So they're licensed by the state, just like nursing homes are, just like the big assisted living places that you drive by. But these are in small residential neighborhoods. Uh, HOAs can't stop them. Uh, they can't uh, make them not uh, open up. Um, so they're just, you know, they're, they're residential assisted living homes for uh, seniors who need just a little bit more help um, than those who are going to the big places. Got you. And um, I mean, you mentioned before we get on here, you guys work specifically, you know, the reason that you're on this podcast is you have worked specifically with investors who have you know, properties out there that could be leased out. Um, and your franchisees are are some of the people that can rent these properties from them. Um, you know, a lot of questions jump into my mind. The first being, uh, you know, a lot of investors, when we buy single family houses, we, we buy them with the intent to rent out. 
to individual families, um, and they're not specifically designed for someone with disabilities, somebody um, with with access issues, is if an investor like myself had a single family and he wanted to rent it out to your space, um, would they have to change the structure itself? You know, the only thing that, by the way, it's a great question. The only thing they have to do is um, uh, might be needing a ramp in the front door if there's a, a, a step, right? We're looking for ranch style homes, uh, preferably four bedrooms, because with a four bedroom home and a, a attached garage, we can build more bedrooms in the garage. We could maybe change a dining room into a bedroom. So out of a four bedroom house, you can actually get uh, 10, maybe more residents in that home because some of the uh, some of the rooms are are semi-private also. So as far as like just really minimal ADA um, requirements um, and, and actually any kind of upgrade um, or reconstruction is really between the franchisee and the um, the investor. So yeah, yeah and that, that was going to be my next question is, yeah. um, is it essentially triple net when you, yeah. between the franchisee and the, the, the house owner yeah. or, or yeah, sorry. It's, yeah, it's essentially triple net. And, you know, we look at, you know, that magic 1% or so uh, for lease. So okay. if you buy the home for 600,000, it's, it's six grand for the, um, uh, for the lease triple net. Definitely. Got you. Okay. So that, and that was my next question is what, uh, how does rental rates compare? You know, if, if I were to have a single family house, I can rent that house out for, you know, let's just say 2,500 bucks. Mm -hmm. What is it renting for, um, um, a majestic residence uh, to one of your leases? Uh, depending where it is, probably double, um, of what wow. you would normally would charge. Um, and the great thing about this is our franchise agreements are five year agreements. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so it's a longer-term lease, and you don't have to worry about them leaving in the middle of the night with your refrigerator, you know? <laughs> uh, and the other thing is that as we as an organization, as a franchisor, you know, we're overseeing the homes too. So we're making sure that they're in, in top shape um, along with the franchisee themselves. Got you. Interesting. Um, so what are other considerations that, you know, an investor, somebody who owns the house uh, would would be wanting to you know, think about before they decided to take the first step towards, uh, you know, running their house out to assisted living. Sure. Again, any kind of reconstruction or whatever is between the franchisee and the, uh, and the investor. We usually take, you know, one bathroom and pretty much make one big shower room, you know? Mm, so we take okay. one bathroom, you know, leave the commode, leave the sink, but probably make it a, a pedestal and then take the bathtub out, um, Put in a just a walk-in shower per se, uh, and tile about half the room, so there's no you know issue with uh, any kind of problem with, with water with taking a shower. Um, but everything else, really, there's no other ADA requirements uh, for that. And again, that can be worked out between the franchisee and the and the investor. Um, it's amazing. I saw one of my one of my franchisees uh, was a, a flipper, and he made some changes in the garage. He made three bedrooms. And then he called the fire department to come over and uh, give him code for his sprinkler system, right? You know what happened. I, mean, I don't even have to say it. The fire came <laughs> in and said, take these three rooms down, and then we'll code you to build them again. And he did. Oh. And I can tell you, I went I went there afterwards, and I couldn't even tell there were three bedrooms there. So converting it back really isn't too much of a problem. Interesting. Okay. 
Um, how about the, the demand side? So I, I see, um, especially with things like short-term rentals on the Airbnb, Airbnb got so big and people just flooded into the space. And uh, in a lot of markets, they are there is a, an oversupply of short short-term rentals. Um, so, you know, um, assisted living is not as big, obviously, as Airbnbs or short-term rentals. But do you see that there's a problem with demand? Is there where how's the demand supply curve there? Not even an issue uh, if you think about it. For them to, if for someone, if a company wanted to go in and they wanted to build a big assisted living place, you're talking two to three years in order for that to happen. Our homes can be opened up within four to six months, um, hmm. depending on the state they're in, so they you know go through the licensing process. So we're it's much quicker for us to open up. And uh, like I said, there's thirty thousand of these things that are that are built right now. Hmm. Um, you'll be surprised how many are in, you know, any of your listeners' communities. They wouldn't even know it because they're not, you know, they're not on main streets. There's no signs. I literally, when I was with my first company, um, I literally uh, placed a resident literally next door to their daughter's house. Oh, and, the wow. home, and the home was there for 10 years. And the daughter never knew it was a residential care home. Hmm. So, and I know you've kind of mentioned this before that HOAs, uh, they can't stop this, but there has to be some kind of, you know, zoning that you, that you fit into because this is a business being run. Yeah. It's interesting because, um, banks, (laughs) lenders have a hard time understanding this. So, you know, we've told our franchisees, these are lenders that we work with, but don't go to your local bank because they won't get it because they don't understand how can you do a commercial loan in a residential neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. So the HOAs, because there's this little law, I'm being sarcastic. There's a little law called the you know Federal Fair Housing Act, right? It's a little guy. And they can't stop them. But what they can do, the only thing they really can do is say, hey, you can't take the garage door off. And so we make sure that the franchisees um, – uh, you know, they'll they'll put a fake wall in front of the garage doors, keep the garage doors there, make sure that there's egress windows in, in the garage too. So sometimes they have to, you know, create, punch out a window, but uh, there's really nothing else the HOA can do. And usually, Gabe, this is kind of funny. Usually the, the people who complain the most in the neighborhoods are usually the first one to place his mom or dad in the home. Interesting. Always. Yeah. Huh. That's, uh, that, that's interesting. Um so what about uh oh, shoot I just had a question pop into my mind that I was that I was interested to know but now it is completely escaped I'll, I'll jump I'll jump in then I'll save you. I'll okay. Save you. <laughs> you know um we are when you think about what McDonald's did. You know McDonald's was the first ones to really lease the properties back to the franchisees. That's kind of like what we're doing except we're looking for investors to do that for us. So um you know again it's a five, minimum of a 5 year 5 year lease. They could have an option to buy, depending on the investor, if they want to set that up. Um, but I think it's a, it's a huge opportunity, you know, um, especially right now. It's, it's a great opportunity for investors because it's high rent and long term. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, are there any specific markets? I mean, I'm assuming you guys are nationwide, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know, is there any specific markets that is um, more amenable to uh, um, assisted living or is it? pretty much across the board, doesn't matter what major metro you're in, you should be able to find some demand there. Yeah. Anywhere where there's old people. I'm just <laughs> so Florida. Yeah, yeah, anyway. Well, I mean, yeah, Florida, uh, uh, you know, um, really anywhere. 
Um, you know, you can say where there's where there's a lot of homes, uh, a lot of care homes uh, is, is a great area, too, because you know the uh, surrounding area can support it. Where there's not a lot of them, too, it could just be there just isn't a lot of them there. doesn't mean they can't support it. Mm-hmm. And we have homes, you know, in all different um, geographic areas that are doing well. Interesting. And so, and I don't mean to cut into, uh, into your business itself, but I'm just curious about the, the competition. Um, are, are there a lot of franchises out there that do this, that find investors and, and, you know, lease their, their buildings out to assisted living franchisees or, or how does that work? There's only a handful of, um, inv- uh, of franchises to do what we do, but not, none of them are, are seeking investors uh, to do this. Huh. Cool. We're actually looking into starting a REIT ourselves. Okay. Uh, to to supply the franchisees with with homes. So you're looking to actually do the acquisition of the buildings. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, hey man, this is uh definitely the first time we've heard this business model on this podcast. So I'm glad you hopped on. Um, if anybody wanted to get in contact with you to learn a little bit more how they could you know, offer their built their uh, single families to your business, how would they do that? They go to uh, discovermajesticresidences.com and there's a uh, form there that says start your journey. One of the questions says, are you looking to be a franchisee or are you looking to be an investor? Okay. And I just want to clarify on the, the form that you filled out before, to get onto the podcast, you said discovermajesticresidences.co. Um, oh. So it's .com, correct? Uh, yeah, that fat fingers. Okay. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> so discover majestic residences, plural, and that's .com. And I'll put that in the show notes. So if you guys want to reach out to Chuck um, and get in, you know, get involved in majestic residences, you can get in there. And then uh, that pushes us into the end round here. I just took a peek at the clock. We have gone through our time. So it's time to jump into the quick question round. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Let's do it. It starts with books. I know you. we talked about this one earlier. Yep. Um, I know you guys don't invest specifically in real estate. So you can talk about uh, just any business book. But give me two recommendations, one for general life wisdom and then one for business specific. Uh the obstacle is the way. I don't know who wrote it. Yeah, that that is a really good one. Great, great book. You know, um, and then I wasn't prepared for two, so I'm kind of thinking in the other one. Um, wow, I just went blank. That's all right. That's a good one. The obstacle is the way. That's Ryan Holiday is the author. It's a really good. Uh, yeah, it's all about Stoke philosophy. One of my favorites. Everyone should read it. There you go. Uh, moving on. This next question is for your younger self. So if you could go back to the Chuck who was just getting out of college as a social worker, go to him, look him in the eye, give him one piece of advice moving forward. Hmm. Best advice I would probably say to the old Chuck uh, is, uh, you know, when, when, when people say you can't do it, that just means they can't do it. So just continue to do it. Oh, I like it. That's a, yeah. a good, a good spin on that, that age old wisdom. And that moves us to the next question. This one is habits. Habits form the foundation of our life. So if you could point to one thing you do every single day that contributes the most to your overall health, well-being, and happiness, what would that be? Wake up early. Waking up early. That is crucial for sure. I know these, uh, you know, we've been on a few vacations, me and my girlfriend recently, and I've been creeping up with the alarm. So I think today I got up at seven, but you know, usually I get up at around 530 to get back into that habit. All right. And that moves us to the next question. This one is, I'm going to ask this question anyway. I know you guys don't buy buildings, but um, I'm going to, the question is, 
the United States, it's a very big place, which means there's a lot of opportunity out there. Which metro are you most excited about expanding in for your business today? Um, actually, you know, internationally is a big one for us. We do have a home that will be opening in uh, Dominican Republic in the fall. Oh, wow. Um, but as far as the states go, Florida, just because there's such a need there. There's a lot of homes there, don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of homes that aren't to our um, standards. So Florida's a big one for us. Gotcha. Florida. Um, and there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of old people there. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. And that moves us to tools. Tools, uh, they are the backbone of every business. So if you could point to one tool and we're talking software tools, what is the software tool that you could not live without? Um, we have a CRM that we that we use called uh, PipeDrive. Mm, that, PipeDrive. That definitely helps us uh, keep everything organized from our sales perspective, but also through our, our, our client perspective also. Gotcha. Pipe drive is a good one. I used that before. Um, and that wraps it up, but I did want to ask one more question. I'm sure people um, might've missed it earlier, but what is the criteria that you look for in the buildings again, if you're, um, if somebody sure. wanted to get in- invested? Yeah. Ranch style homes, uh, preferably with an attached garage and at least four bedrooms to, to, to start with. Um, some states, for example, California, the limit is six bedrooms. So, you know, a three bedroom with an attached garage, we could probably make into enough room for six residents. Cool. So ranch style, attached garage and four bedrooms. What about bathrooms? You know, bathrooms don't I don't matter as much as because we're going to make one big bathroom mm. or shower. You know what I mean? So a lot of our residents, they don't need their own private bathroom because we don't want them getting up at night anyhow by themselves. That makes sense. Actually, it makes dollars. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps it up. Again, I appreciate you hopping on the podcast. Um, and that's it. It's thank you very much. You. Thank you. Absolutely. And for everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you guys have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe at the Real Estate Investing Club.com. Other than that, hope you guys have a great week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, Go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.